Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis. That's Travis Morningstar, if you didn't know. We only have a couple weeks (laughs) before, like, our country just like flat out changes for for four years makes a big decision i can't believe we're only three weeks away three weeks away and i'm from the biggest election of our lifetime remember that when they said that four years ago and the four years before that and the four I, years before that this will be the biggest one i think the this next one will one be will actually they'll be like the 30th most important wow. election but you know what i've i've been spending a lot of time getting really into you know in the lead up to this election i mm-hmm. might be having like anxiety about it i think that you are you say every day you're having anxiety about it um um, i'm getting really into south park video games oh good that's a great way to solve anxiety i love south park video games i just finished gta 5 what a mission it was i found halfway through playing the story mode on that game you know what it's about not violence friendship friendship Isn't, isn't that powerful well the the end of that game does force you to decide if you want to kill your friends or not yes which is awesome i did not kill my friends i killed everybody else instead that game's seven years old no kidding seven years old cool but i just i love south park games i do too um, they they really take it seriously and i and i um i just really appreciate it that's, that's what you wanted to th- say that is what i did well, you want us to talk about I, no you, i feel like there's I'm, no is there any tie-in to american politics I social like, life I anything almost, i almost feel like we're through the looking <laughs> glass of of like crazy things that could happen in our country because south park is now like the simple times it was sweet wasn't it It feels a little bit like back when they were just covering columbine it feels wholesome or something like it it no longer even the pandemic that the south park pandemic that came out that yeah that night when the pandemic the south park pandemic special came out uh i think three hours after that released trump got covid no kidding that that was the timing of that so i was like watching the the south park special thinking like this is funny. It's funny that they. It oh, is funny. right. Their their take on it is this: like Randy did it. Randy's the reason why we have COVID. And then Randy the has, president gets the the COVID Randy, immediately after. Randy has been coming up in the South Park universe. He's in a lot of episodes. He's the as best the character. star now. He is the best character. He really might be the sleeper hit 
of South Park yeah, is that's Randy. Why, that's why well, I brought up South Park. Thank Not you. because I don't have literally anything else. So. I, my, my, I'm just trying to like wallpaper my brain with with things that make me feel comforted. Good. Uh, well, I love that wallpaper away, my friend. All right. Well, speaking of wallpaper, let's all just go be wallflowers. And look at what's happening with American politics, shall we? Was that a segue? That I'm great. not sure. So I think gonna, I said wallpaper. I you did say wallpaper, and then I said wallflowers, and that's why we're professional broadcasters, yeah. Travis. We're gonna talk about what's happening in the Senate. Some key races. 35 Senate seats are uh, up for election. We'll talk about what's going on with that. Uh, a few close calls, a couple of tight races. We'll break down the numbers. We'll also talk a bit about Amy Coney Barrett. That hearing has been going, uh, quote, eerily smooth. Yes. That is according to uh, someone watching it very closely, and I will give you the name of the person attributed to that quote a little bit later on in the episode. Looks like... She will be the next Supreme Court justice. She will be one of the powerful nine that de- that decide our entire future and present eerily with her smooth, power. Eerily smooth is also how I would describe any bowel movements after eating sugar-free candy. Oh, my goodness. What's the point of getting the sugar eerily out of the candy? Smooth. Eerily smooth. Out. And we will also discuss a strange story out of California with Republicans planting voting boxes, Travis and I don't fully understand. So like, we're going to talk I don't, about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I understand the story, but I'm trying to figure out the motivation on both sides. Like, why are they mad and why are they doing this and all of that stuff. But before we get to that, let's talk a bit about the town halls. I'm sure everyone watched this week because you want to watch must-see TV. And there's nothing more must-see than Joseph Biden. Yes. In Donald Trump. So Joe Biden and Donald Trump did dueling town halls. Of course, this is sort of taking the place of the debate that wasn't. At least they got to talk without being shouted over by one another. And occasionally the moderator, the moderator for Donald Trump, I think she did a pretty good job. Savannah actually. Guthrie. She Savannah actually, Guthrie. it only took four or five years to finally figure out how to speak to the president. You got to shush him. Shush, you shush. have to tell him to shut the fuck up. Shush. Shush it. Well, we also learned from the Trump town hall that at any at any moment, Trump can get it wet. <laughs> Trump. It, that's what you want to say. Trump can pull. Get what wet? Get you know, it wet? Get it wet. Because it, the, the, the big it. I think a, an independent voter or a non, like she didn't know which way she was leaning, came up and was like saying how <laughs> beautiful Trump's smile was. Uh, well, that combined with the woman in the back who just could not stop like. Well, she's a YouTube star. Whipping the nene, like doing like yes queens to Trump every time he said something like, I hate oatmeal or whatever he, like whatever stupid thing he was on. She was like totally doing the period uh, the fingers in the back. Oatmeal does have a surprising amount of calories. It's one of the worst things you can eat for breakfast. Isn't that interesting? Maybe no, you, you know, know that's that. what they really should have debated. That, Trump that, and, and Biden is like the differences between oatmeal and tapioca and rice pudding. Hey, buddy, if you want good pud, then you have to listen oh, to Henry right. Zabrowski on wanna, the Patreon. I don't want yeah, to trample his territory. Absolutely the good not. Pud territory. He'll kill you. 
Enthusiasm. That's what we're trying to measure right now. Who is more enthusiastic, Joe Biden supporters or Donald Trump supporters? And I'm not saying who is louder. We know that's the Donald Trump supporters. They scream and scream and scream, and they love to have their shout parties. But who is more enthusiastic? We see 13 million early votes have come in. People speculate that that's a sign uh, that the Democrats have more enthusiasm. Uh, They assume most of those votes are going to Joe Biden. Uh, Does that mean that those are the same people that were going to show up on November 3rd? Do they sort of cannibalize their vote? Or are those new voters coming into the system, coming into the process and saying, enough is enough with Donald Trump. I'm going for Joe. Does that mean he has enthusiasm? One of the ways that we can measure enthusiasm, of course, is by viewership. It is what it is. It's a reality show, President. It's a reality show, political season right now. And viewership does matter. So who won the night when it comes to viewers regarding Joe Biden and Donald Trump in their head-to-head town hall events? This could Now, again, I'm extrapolating here, but this could mean that people are more enthusiastic for Joe Biden. On average, 14.1 million Americans tuned in to watch the Democratic presidential nominee take questions. Well, 13.5 million tuned in to NBC News to watch Donald Trump. So does this mean roughly a difference of 700,000? So does this mean more people are interested in hearing what Joe Biden has to say? Does that mean that those are 14 million potential voters? Or does that mean that people have seen Trump for four years? They kind of know what they're going to get. They've seen the show before. They've watched Hamilton multiple times and maybe they're willing to go watch. Oh, I don't freaking know. Mary Poppins or the new Michael Jackson Broadway uh, musical, which is going to be a real hit with the kids. (laughs) What does it necessarily mean? This is me. Obviously, it's a show of speculation, but I don't think that anyone tunes into Joe Biden for entertainment. No, I don't think anyone tunes in to hate watch. I think the 14 million people that watch Joe Biden are probably watching because they are seriously considering voting for him for president. They just need a reason why maybe they were looking for that reason. Why Donald Trump, when you look at the 13.5 million viewers that he got much like Howard Stern on the radio, when he was talking about listenership, Mm-hmm. Most people that listened to him apparently did not like him, but they would listen to more of his show than people who loved him because they hate listened. Right. And I think a lot of people hate watch Donald Trump. So with the 13.5 million, you wonder how many of that is supporters, how many of that is people who want to see the train wreck, and how many of that is just people who want to uh, loathe him uh, from across the planet, from across the freaking country, and watch him on TV. It's, yeah, it's, we'll, we'll, it's really hard to break down those numbers because we'll we don't know the motivation behind the viewership. And we'll talk more about this when we talk about the Senate races, but I really do feel like some of the enthusiasm for Biden, it, it's like not even the, the word enthusiasm doesn't really translate to what this election really is. It's more of like, mm-hmm. it's like the most uh, pragmatic election that we've seen in like our lifetimes where so where people are making adult decisions to vote for the not Trump. And I, I, I don't think I mean, clearly that came out in ratings, which is amazing considering that's the only way that Trump would track success in this case. Well, that's why it's interesting, because this is the big bragging point that he has had forever was that he gets better ratings. But I think this is like people are thinking about this election in compl- like very transactional, pragmatic ways 
this Biden may may not be the the guy, but uh, they certainly want to push through this candidate more than Trump. Well, and who watches television? Old, old people, old people, old people. And Donald Trump, when it comes to COVID, what happened? He got it. Did you hear he got it? Also, Chris Christie got it and he's still alive. Man, what's going on here? Money is powerful. I guess it is. is. Can it beat obesity? Uh, (laughs) What the hell is happening? How is COVID so weak all the time? That I thought, yeah, that does make me look down on COVID a little bit. I know, it's just do your job, COVID. I thought its power level was like over 9,000. I didn't realize that all it took to beat COVID was like a nice stay at Walter Reed. Yeah, I guess. I guess not anymore. Chris Christie has the comorbidities the, he, has all he has like a full house like a royal flush of comorbidi- uh, well, comorbidities and that was not enough to take him down so um the house always i, wins. I have lost all respect for covid19 <laughs> <laughs> so old people they love to watch their tv because you gotta watch your programs and i i love that about the elderly well, and they their, love programs and their children have stopped talking to them well uh, you so know. you gotta talk to the old gaggle box you gotta talk to it so biden Joe Biden has a 27-point lead over Donald Trump among Americans aged 65 and up. The total is 62% to 35%. That is according to a CNN slash SSR poll. What's fascinating about that, Travis? Are you asking me that question? I'll pretend that you did. My mouth is agape. I was just about to ask I it. know yeah. it was. Donald Trump won the elderly vote or the older folks vote by seven points in 2016. He is now down by roughly 29. Let's just say 25, because some polls are like 21 points, some points to 27. There's another poll that has Biden leading Trump by roughly 30 points. That's a WDIV slash Detroit News poll from October uh, October 5th. So let's just say Biden has 25% more support amongst the elderly, 65 and up, than Donald Trump. Donald Trump won this group seven by seven points in 2016. It's not being talked about it at all, but at the end of the day, the older folks still make decisions for us children, don't they? That's true. They get out, they vote. They don't have a lot to do. Every day's a holiday. Every day's a vacation. That's what I've heard. Being old is great. I don't know. Kind of sounds like being a dog. Kind <laughs> of like being a dog. But this is data to me that is absolutely crucial when trying to... Uh, trying to predict what's going to happen on November 3rd. What state, the ding-dong state, what state, question, has more old people than other states? Do you know the answer? Looks like a ding-dong. Looks like a ding-dong, Travis. Ding-dong the, the treat? Like, the No, no, ding-dong the, 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 uh, the, the appendage. Oh, ding the, dong, appendage. the appendage. Well, what my state ding looks dong like a ding looks dong. like... No, not your ding-dong. <laughs> a healthy, functioning ding-dong. Uh, so, wait, so it's not Rhode Island. It's not, no. That oh. is the Travis Morningstar <laughs> ding-dong, and that is why you have to go to the doctor. Florida! The state is Florida, full of the old folks. And, of course, a crucial state when it comes to deciding the next president of these United States. So it looks like Joe Biden, uh, maybe they love him because he's just like them 78 years and holding. Maybe they like him because he didn't get COVID. Maybe they like him because he didn't blast a bunch of elderly people that uh, Donald Trump just recently decided to take on an entire generation uh, by mocking people of a certain age. Of course, he is, what, 73, 74 years, not exactly a spring chicken himself. But that, to me, is 
extremely encouraging if you are on the Biden campaign or if you are someone who don't want to see Donald Trump president anymore. Uh, That is a massive voter block. They turn up, they turn out, uh, they get out the vote. And a lot of these people, uh, you know, they do belong to certain church groups. They belong to whatever they do. I'm not exactly sure, but oftentimes they'll they'll vote in mass. They'll vote like they'll be like a like a nursing home or something like that. They'll get a bus and they go to the polling station. They get out. They do vote. And of course, when it comes to Social Security, the Republicans have been constantly threatening to pull the rug out from Social Security. Uh, defund Social Security, a lot of these programs that we have put in place so that people don't, uh, you know, have a horrible final 10 to 15 to 20 years on this planet. Uh, they are uh, constantly at risk of being, uh, of is being that done away with. So. Is that what is going to happen to us when we become old? Do are we not just going to live to have Social Security? Uh, but are we going to live in Florida and like somebody hands you a Fig Newton tell, and tells you to get on a bus and vote for a Republican? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happens to old people? In this case, that Republican would be Joe Biden, of course. He does have a lot of Republican support, Cindy McCain, everywhere uh, that she possibly can be, uh, touting how much she loves Joe. Of course, she's not going to love Donald Trump uh, after what she did did to her husband. There were supposed to be three debates. Um, This second one was just turned into a town hall. There is going to be ostensibly a third, uh, an actual, like another debate between Trump and Biden. We're done. We like we don't need any more no, debates. They really don't like, need to you do it. You cannot squeeze any more blood from this stone. The the debate that I think the country would want to see and would actually be like um it would like increase enthusiasm is the sun debate. Like a Hunter Biden versus, versus Donald Don Trump Jr. Then we've a fit just they should do that on one of those game shows that's like wipe out. Like a blood sport type debate. I don't want to see those two rich brats fight. It would be so sad watching them slap fight. It would be worse than celebrity boxing, uh, which was actually kind of fun, to be honest. Maybe they could do something like that show Wipeout where they have to compete and then they get wet. Absolutely. Because you know how the Trumps love to get everybody wet, according to you. Travis Morningstar. So <laughs> Whoa, it, okay, I wasn't going back to the. <laughs> so the last time the Democrats were doing this well or performing this well for the elderly, because you gotta perform for the old folks. They're the consumer, and they like to laugh, kind of silently laugh, and they like to be entertained a little bit, and they like to hear the violins and stuff. Democrats have not performed this well among older Americans since 1996. Of course, that was when Bill Clinton uh, was still in office. This is an obvious reason uh, for Trump and his campaign to be concerned. Uh, This is what he said at a uh, rally in Ohio. He says, quote, it affects elderly people, elderly people with heart problems and other problems. If they have other problems, that what that's what it really affects. That's it. You know, in some states, thousands of people, nobody young below the age of 18, like nobody. So that's a quote from the president at a yeah, like, at an official like thing. nobody. Yeah. And then Trump continued. He said they have strong immune systems. You know, you look like take take your hat off to the young because they have a hell of an immune system. But uh, but it affects virtually nobody. 
<laughs> was this, wait, was this part of when he was like talking about Baron getting COVID? Because he, because Baron did get, he got COVID apparently. Well, seniors, uh, they would like to say, first of all, quote, that they are not virtually nobody. Uh, they still need a government response that will protect them from COVID. So people look at how Donald Trump has responded to COVID. Obviously, this is extremely dangerous for people of a certain age. The way that he sort of just threw them under the bus and was like, they're old and stinky anyway. I want the young ones who can't get COVID. Very similar to how he likes soldiers who didn't get caught. And you, the list goes on and on with him just saying things where it's like, I can't even believe you thought it, let alone said it. But wow. And then you have to give him credit for saying it. And that's why he's president, I guess. Isn't I guess it? so. He's bold. Yeah. yeah, we're the country that just perpetually says you, you got to hand it to him, don't you? Yes. This is according to Nora Super. Uh, the director for the senior director for the Milkins Institute Center for the Future of Aging. Uh, she says 10,000 people turn 65 every day in America. 10,000 people? The future of aging is death. Yeah, of course it is. Ten, they didn't, they didn't, uh, that's just, it's a very short book. Uh, <laughs> 10,000 people turn 65 every day in America. Oh my goodness. And Baby Booner, uh, this is again going back to Nora Super. And baby boomers, they go from 56 to 72. That's a huge number of people. Uh, but then then as you look at the differences between people who are at the tail end of the baby boom, like I am, and those who are on the leading edge who are old enough to have taken part in the March on Washington, the Vietnam War, etc., the issues that engage older voters today aren't necessarily the same that did even Four years ago, Nora Super points out issues surrounding Social Security, unemployment and expensive health coverage are at the top of the minds of most seniors in this country, which, again, is one of the reasons they are turning against Donald Trump, uh, turning against the Republican Party and going for someone like Joe Biden. Really interesting. We don't talk about old folks enough in this country. We worship the young. I don't. I'm constantly talking about old people. Yeah, you love them. Yeah, I I, I am the admin for a um, a senior citizen trip and fall website where we just <laughs> we plant things for old. Uh, people. Yo, I'm tripping and falling all the time. I'm getting my settlement. I'm going to every Walmart after the age of 65. I'm getting my free freaking coffee. Yeah, and they better still have free coffee because we don't get anything when you're my age at 65 years old. And I'm slipping and I am falling in every single toy aisle and I'm going to scar the children, number one, because they're going to see what the future looks like, which is literally you just not being able to beat gravity anymore. And I'm suing my Walmarts yeah. and I'm getting my money because I'm breaking that hip and, you and I start, want that cash. You got to start uh, hoarding adrenochrome now because by the oh, time, yeah, by the time you know, you're know you 65, it's going to be scarce. Scarce. Scarce, scarce indeed. Scarce indeed. So old folks turning on the man that they supported in 2016 again by seven percentage points now completely flipped biden is up by roughly 25 percentage points with folks over the age of 65 and just to button up that conversation again joe biden had 14.1 million viewers for his town hall it was a dueling town hall much like dueling pianos and donald trump had 13 Point five million, a difference of 700,000. Does that mean more people are excited 
about Joe Biden, or does that mean that more people are just was, straight up bored of Donald Trump? What and was his the act? the like the look of the Joe Biden town hall? Because uh, I imagine it's less. It was less. Was he holding like a basketball in a gym? No, he was sitting a good thirty nine thousand feet away from the moderator. <laughs> okay, great. And uh, it was it was much more. I'm gonna just say traditional. Yeah, Whereas people Trump, were much more Trump's normal. Town hall looked like the like rose. It got a little Arsenio. It got a little Arsenio Hallish, perhaps yeah. a little woo woo woo. Gotta love it. Is America's primary system working? Is the electoral college still the best process for electing a president? Could a third party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen. Gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Anyway, all right, well, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the Republican Party and what's going on with Donald Trump. Is the love affair over? Specifically when it comes to Senator uh, Ben Sass, and we'll move on to the Senate from here. So Senator Ben Sass, uh, he has been involved in an anti-Trump campaign, Republicans against Trump, which I guess you could infer means the Republicans for uh, Joe Biden and the binary world that we live in when it comes to politics. Donald Trump has not been happy with this. So let's talk a little bit about the feud going on within the Republican Party A lot of people, Mitch McConnell, there's been multiple articles now published saying he's basically kind of done with Trump. He's given up on him. He's given up. He's just kind of doing his thing. Hey, they got Amy Coney Barrett, ACB. They're going to get her on the Supreme Court. That's his job. Mitch McConnell can go to sleep in his coffin and sleep very well every single night because he's done his duty to the crazy religious fanatical parts of the right wing in and this more, country more evidence to that fact that that the republicans are sort of like done with trump would be that mcconnell you know this the new stimulus plan that everyone is clamoring for essentially yes, they have even to trump get this trump done. is at least you know trump is, is it's saying, horrible for everyone trump is saying like let's go big time or whatever and uh you know the 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 house democrats are trying to give in a little bit but the thing is mcconnell does not he's not even trying at this point i think no. he's trying to pass a skinny bill that he himself has no confidence in he just basically uh, from what i understand with all of these new like negotiating bills back and forth the number one priority for the republicans and from mitch mcconnell himself is this liability shield uh that protects corporations and and uh any employers from getting sued uh, in the case of an employee getting COVID or, or having some kind of... Always got to protect the little people out there, like those but massive, that massive is corporations. The one, that is the one thing that 
the they will the Republicans will not take off the table, and it is uh, a large reason why uh, you know like well, it, Pelosi it, won't give into. It's a poison pill. Yeah, it, it's it, a poison yeah. pill. They know exactly what they're doing, uh, and but they the know fact this that is, they would let the, the stimulus talks die, it's sad. Is really it really does show that they don't care about Trump's reelection chances at this point. No, like you said, they have Amy Coney Barrett that is going to be confirmed post haste well on Friday. Done. Uh, and they honestly, don't need to when, spend any more money, especially since the first stimulus act, it redistribu- redistributed wealth to the corporations and, and all that, of their their um, their upper crust friends. Not for nothing, which I hate that saying, but really, if you look at Joe Biden, he has a massive amount. Bill Crystal is supporting. He has a massive amount of traditional Republican support. Bill Crystal is voting for Joe Biden. Yes. Uh, freaking Republican. The guy who wrote in Jeb Bush, uh, uh, Joe Scarborough, Joe Scarborough, Joe, Joe uh, from MSNBC. He's voting for Joe Biden. He is a Republican, still a Republican. So if you're Mitch McConnell and you lose Trump. It's not like this whole and again, this goes against the media narrative of the crazy left leftist politics that Joe Biden's going to be bringing into the White House. Right. It ain't happening. <laughs> right, the people yeah. that are supporting him are just traditional Republicans. Yes. So if you're Mitch, you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, at least I won't have to deal with Trump. And it's not like, again, we're getting some crazy radicals in the White House. It's not happening. It's not true. And all of that uh, is a complete and utter fallacy so if you're if you're mitch it's almost easier for you just to have president biden it's kind of like yeah popping a zit on your face and just being you know you have a uh a a blemish scarred face but at least you got rid of that uh that whitehead absolutely and i love to think about zits and whiteheads every day let's talk about senator ben sass and what he had to say about donald trump and donald trump he was so sad he was so mad He went to Twitter. Of course, there's also a massive Twitter backlash and Facebook backlash now coming from conservatives, which is so ironic because apparently they buried a story that the New York Post had published about Hunter Biden. The New York Post, by the way, a great great reading for like, and then the banana fell out of his butthole. Great stories about that. You love reading the Post. I love the New York Post. I have no problem with the New York Post. Am I only reading the New York Post article and then being like, and this is the facts? <laughs> no. Um, but apparently Twitter, they didn't, they, 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 they did some, according to Trump, so you cannot believe any of it, they did some manipulation with this article so it didn't get to go everywhere. It was published in the New York Post. I mean, you can just find the article. Also, when it comes to the First Amendment, Twitter and Facebook, like you can talk other places. Yeah, they're private companies. This is. I like, think they should both. I mean, I I just wish that everyone would leave them, so then they would just naturally die. Uh, but that would be on you guys to have to do that, and myself as well. He is the most powerful old person in the country. He could send us all an email with a, an attachment that is the Hunter Biden article if he, he wanted. Really, if he really wanted to. If he really wanted. Hell, to. he could give me a text. Apparently, Newt Gingrich has been texting me every week. <laughs> he calls me Chris. That man. Uh, is, I don't know. Newt, Newt is thirsty. Yes, Newt he is. Is up sending you you up texts late at night. Well, but. speaking of thirsty, we'll get to a sex scandal here <laughs> when we talk about the Senate. But let's just play a little bit of sound. Yeah. Uh, from Ben Sass. Now, this is Republic. So, the name of this group is Republicans. Yeah, this for is the Biden first thing that Republicans pops up against Trump. When you type in Ben Sass on Twitter, this is okay. actually a video, uh, sort of a, an attack ad on Trump from a group called Republican Voters Against Trump. But this okay. is the most sort of concise uh, presentation of Ben Sass's comments. So, well, let's just listen to this. 
What does Nebraska's Republican Senator Ben Sass think about our president, Donald J. Trump? Donald Trump's values are deficient, not just for, for a Republican, but for an American. He's flirted with white supremacists. He mocks evangelicals behind closed doors. His family has treated the presidency like a business opportunity. The way he kisses dictators' butts. He ignores that the Uyghurs are in literal concentration camps. I don't think the way he's led through COVID has been responsible. When you listen to Nebraskans, they don't really want more rage tweeting. He's ultimately driving the country for So that was Senator Ben Sass. Uh, He had a lot of heat when he first came in. He was a spring chicken, nice guy, of course. Uh, When it comes to his voting record, it might tell a bit of a different story. Mm -hmm. So Ben Sass at one point was considered to be potentially the new face of the Republican Mm -hmm. Party. Uh, But then his face was like there is. They said his face was ugly. So now now the face on the uh, on the less powerful level is like Mike Lee and, you know, all those just really cool looking dudes. So this is what Donald Trump had to say. Regarding Ben Sass and his comments, of course, he said it on Twitter. Kind of ironic considering uh, he's doing exactly what Ben Sass claimed that he would do, which is hate tweet or rage tweet, which is exactly what Trump does. Uh, he says this on Twitter. He says, Senator Little Ben Sass, but Ben Sass is not little. He's about 6'1 to 6'2. Well, Trump doesn't miss, so he is actually little. I just don't, it's just not accurate. He's just not a little guy. Senator Little Ben Sass of the great state of Nebraska seems to be heading down the same inglorious path as former Senators Little, now that's Little with D's, two D's, <laughs> Bob Corker, Whose, appro- whose approval rating in Tennessee went from 55% to 4%, and Jeff quote, the flake, flake, whose approval rating in Arizona went from 56% to damn near nothing, uh, to practically nothing. Both senators become became totally unelectable, couldn't come even close to winning their primaries, and decided to drop out of politics and gracefully, quote, retire. Senator Ben Sass could be next, or perhaps the Republicans should find a new and more viable Candidate, of course, the primary is already done for Ben Sass, and he most likely will be uh, continuing his role as senator in his great state of Nebraska. Trump ripped Ben Sass also as a rhino, a.k.a. Republican in name only. So there you go. A little feud going on between some Republicans as they feel perhaps emboldened looking at the polling data and yeah, maybe I mean, hedging their political bets. It's another example of like, this dude is going to lose. Uh, I need to Could. cover my ass. Yeah. And so don't forget that as well as Ben Sass saying this out of the goodness of his heart. I'm sure he believes what he just said, because that is the truth. But this is also political. He didn't say this for he didn't say this two years ago for a reason. Yeah. And he didn't say this before his primary for a reason. Well, I'm sure this so is. So he's the, just hedging his bets. That this is Trump the, will be gone. like the calculations that all these Republicans are now doing in their head with their team. Like, do we come out against Trump? Are we going to be seen? Our legacy is going to be kissing the ass of this like megalomaniac, right? Or is it we at the last minute we like we we came to our uh, you oh know came God. to our senses and then they can star in a documentary called The Vow. All about Nexium. <laughs> oh my God! Literally, that's that is, what the Republicans is, are right now. That is now. exactly it. That is like, so. You yeah. are the one who got people branded. That is a perfect analogy. The <laughs> vow. All these like all these heroes that came out after like inculcating so many innocent people into this sex cult. Now they're like we're the heroes of our own HBO special, which just got renewed for a second season. 
Renewed for a second season, please. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Like, because it's over. It's done. I, I hate that show. Anyway, if you haven't watched The Vow. Yeah, Mark you, Vicente, you are basically Ben Sass. You really are Mark of. Ed, that's a whole nother story. That's a whole. That's a side story. Yeah. Um, I, I hate the docuseries so much that I don't even want to talk about it because everyone involved is complicit in the main problem. And that main problem, of course, is Keith Raniere, his entire ego, his entire freaking uh, just all of his disgusting, as Travis said, megalomaniac um, views and just his whole like who he is. Yeah. And it really is a great like Raniere is Trump in this case. Trump is Raniere and the Republicans are Mark and the that other, whole like squad of people that thing. think they're like standing up to the to the you are the reason you were you were part of the engine all right <laughs> i mean it really is true it is is uh, it's a, such a frustrating show yes it is all right and by by show i'm assuming you mean american politics Ooh. okay uh all right let's move on to the senate we got a few hot races oh so steamy so hot it's getting really <laughs> steamy in it here. is it's getting like in wow. the senate races yeah indeed there's 35 seats up for election in the senate of those, 23 belong to Republicans and 12 belong to Democrats. So Democrats would need a net gain of three or four seats to win a majority in the Senate, which is currently held by Republicans. They got 53 senators. You might as well call it 54 with Mike Pence. Uh, and Democrats have 45 senators. And there are two independents uh, who caucus with the Democrats for all intents and purposes are Democrats. So there are eight Republican-held seats rated rated as either leaning Democrat or toss-ups. It's rated by the Cook Political Report. Again, this is just the data that we have, so take it with a grain of, uh, of, of salt. But in the social sciences, this is all we get. Interestingly enough, there is only one Democratic seat that is leaning Republican, and none are a toss-up. So the Dems are looking like they might lose one, but well, it is possible they could gain eight, which of course would mean they only lost seven if all of this shakes the, out in that way. The Democrat leaning towards Republican, are you talking about Alabama? I believe that would be Alabama with Doug Jones. Of course, Doug Jones, it was a special election. That was because Jeff Sessions was called up to serve his country yes. with Donald now, Trump. And that ended greatly. Of course, that was with uh, Doug Jones going against the extremely, extremely disgusting uh, theocrat in Roy Moore. And, so. and, and what, who is Doug Jones's challenger? I assume he has a normal name. Doug Jones's challenger. I you assume are, he has just sort of a regular person, like a human. Are, you are setting me up for this. Uh, he's going against Tommy Tuberville. Right. Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville. Yes. yes. It's Tommy uh, Tuberville going against Doug Jones in Alabama. This is a human being and not like a um, an arugula that like sp they sprouted to life and is now walking around and talking. No, no. Tommy Tuberville, he's a former coach for Auburn University. Okay. So okay. he's got uh, inroads there. Of course, as I said, Jones won the special election in 2017. However, Tuberville, this is the Democratic seat that is up uh, leaning Republican and most likely will go Republican. When Doug Jones won, it was the first time, I think, since like 94 or something like that. And again, that, Tuberville is not like a, an anthropomorphic yam. It's, this is a no, human. No, this he is, is a, a human. He's, no, he's not the star of VeggieTales, or I'm, but I'm sure he is extremely religious. Tuberville, according to an Auburn University Montgomery poll... Uh, they had Tuberville up 54% to 42%. Uh, 
Um, so it looks like that state might be going back to its roots. Speaking but, of tubers, <laughs> speaking of tubers, and uh, it looks like they will be going. But yeah, uh, there for is Tommy some tuber. There... But honestly, thank God, Doug Jones won that special election. I got to meet him in an airport. Oh, really? And um, he was very nice. And I hugged him, and I hugged him, and I hugged him, and it was powerful. And I took a picture with him, and I put it on my Instagram, and it got a couple hundred likes. And I was like, "Wow, thank you, Doug Jones, for giving back." Uh, I would, if I ever met him in an airport, I don't know what I would say. I think I would say, um, "Hey, have you ever seen that show, Doug, on Nickelodeon?" Oh, interesting! A great show. I love it. Uh, no, I say thankfully that he won because honestly, Roy Moore is just that bad. He is so bad. Of course, for those that don't remember, just look at the history of Roy Moore. He was obviously a judge in Alabama. Let's just say um, he skews racist and he skews extremely religious and he is just really one of the worst human beings to ever run Let's just say when he starts a Tinder profile, his age settings are like all well, over the I place. Didn't even, yeah, I didn't <laughs> even mention that. Of course, he was the reason, the, one of the things that really sunk his campaign, not just the insanely theocratic views. Um, but apparently he was also trying to have sex with 13 year olds for quite a while. Doing a lot of doing a lot of duets on TikTok with underage girls. He still only lost by like 0.6 percent of the vote, which is really startling. <laughs> I mean, it is I think interesting. It was like almost it was like really, really close, which is, I think, a lot, though, in Alabama. If you think about. Well, anytime the, a Democrat wins, yeah. it's like, holy shit, that's crazy. But the thing is about the the Doug Jones election it, when it comes to Roy Moore it really does show that even though our country has kind of like loosened up a little bit when it comes to extramarital affairs, like, you know, you can have a president that grabs her by the pussy sure. as long as that woman is a consenting adult. Well, I think that was the main problem with it. But I mean, it, there is an interesting like line that we won't cross as a country still, which is like... Pedophilia? Yeah, I guess... It, this is your, this is the bright spot of the week for you. Yeah. That we, we won't let... Pet, I don't even know if it's if true Trump, that we won't. Well, you know what? Actually, I take that back. Trump did like, didn't he like uh, verbally harass a bunch of teenage girls well, in, he a, would walk in a in, break room or something? He would walk in on Miss Teen USA contestants as they were changing and comment on their bodies. And okay, yes, well, we, we hold the presidency to a different standard than the senators, I guess. You can be a pedophilic <laughs> president, but don't don't bring that crap into the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I will just say okay Come and move on. on. Come so on. it looks like Doug Jones, uh, it looks like he will be out in Alabama again at the very least. Uh, he stopped the country from having a senator in Republican Roy Moore. So let's move on to some of the states where you think eh, Republicans, pretty friendly place for them, but it might not be going the way that they planned. So Arizona. Arizona is a real interesting state. Oh, Talking yes. earlier about elderly folks, a lot of older folks decide to retire out in Arizona as well. And the state as a whole tends to be a little bit more conservative, but not it's not Alabama. OK, so the Grand Canyon state is within reach for Democrats with one Senate seat up in a special election to fill the rest of the term held by late Senator John McCain. So who is running here? Former astronaut Mark Kelly. Uh, of course, Mark Kelly, again, not just being a genius because he was up in space and you got to be real smart. And it's funny when they have to take a shower and the water acts all different, <laughs> isn't it? He is also, and much more importantly, the husband of former Representative Gabby Giffords. So of course, Gabby Giffords, 
You all know what happened with her, Jared Loeffler, I believe, or Loeffler, uh, Loeffler, I believe yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, psychopath. The, the true face of, like, white insanity. 4chan. <laughs> that guy, uh, or 8chan. That guy has a face that has haunted me. Like, I still remember so weird. His, his weird mugshot of him. The black guy, the bald gleefully, hair. Gleefully, yeah, one smile. eye twitching, looking into the camera. You could literally see it. It was like the Mona Lisa, where you're like his eyes follow you and exactly. shit. He is, he has that Mona Lisa smile. He really does. Gabby Giffords, of course, still suffering from the results of that shooting. She was shot in the freaking head. I mean, for yes. those that don't remember that, it was so. This was the beginning of real political violence. Yes, um, because then, of course, we also had the flip side of that with the re- Republicans practicing their baseball game because, you know, that's really important yeah, he, for the American people. There was that shooting there, and uh, obviously we've seen more political violence here as the years have gone on. And that shooting, that just happened. She just was holding a... Just a, a little conference. A little, yeah, a little rally outside in a parking lot, I think, yep. and he just rolled up and just started w- wildly shooting into the crowd, and he yep. happened to hit her. Well, I think he was aiming for no, her, no, I, and then yes, he shot... Yes. I think he killed two or something Yes, he, like he hit some bystanders, but he Ugh. just walked up to this event and popped off, and, and he managed to get some shots. It really... It's like, I want the politicians... You know, it's funny, because I joke about, like, you know, you want to have these people... You know, you want them to be stressed out, and you want them to have to be responsible for the American people, um, but you're not going to get that through violence like this all you do is stop politicians from going out in public and then they can just manipulate behind the scenes. Then you got to go into their house to shoot. Then you have to go into their home. Anyway, Mark Kelly, uh, he is running against Senator Martha McSally. She is a former military pilot who has totally aligned herself with Donnie Trump. Mm -hmm. So where Trump goes, they go. And as we're looking now at the polling data, you know, it's not looking great. I'm not even going to say the numbers because who knows if they're right or not. But if Trump does fail, you can damn well sh- be sure that Martha McSally and her ilk will also be failing. So this is an extremely close election. If you're in Arizona, Mark Kelly, I've watched many interviews with him. Seems like a total stand-up guy. Another one of these people where it's like, you know how radical those astronauts are with their, you know, the Antifa radicals yes. that are always up in space and doing that stuff. Like when even with Mark Kelly, they still try to paint him with this like crazy leftist socialist brush. And I'm like, the, he's just, he's an astronaut. Well, he so I don't know. I can't ima- I just can't imagine that he really is. You know, against home ownership, the socialist spaceman. He's he got uh, <laughs> he got radiated by the moon's communist energy. Uh huh. I'm sure that he did. So Arizona, of course, long been considered a red state. If Kelly wins, both senators for the first time will be Democrats for the first time since the 19. 19- 50s. And of course, you can recall the Democratic Party of the 1950s, slightly different than the Democratic Party of today. Something fun about uh, Martha McSally is she she voted to block uh, coronavirus relief funds. Great. And at the same time, uh, she asked her supporters to, quote unquote, fast a meal and then send that money to her campaign. She's disgusting. <laughs> wow. Wow. That takes some balls to be like, don't eat for a day and send me some money. No to the stimulus. Uh, but then could you skip your <laughs> skip a meal and then send me the money that you would have used? Talk about out of touch. Wow. Uh, typical limousine conservative. We need a socialist spaceman in the 
in the Senate. So watch this race. Mark Kelly, I think he is going to do great. Stand-up guy, well-liked in Arizona. And again, Martha McSally making her political life tethered to the one and only Donald Trump, who does not give a flying fuck about her and will throw anyone under the bus as soon as he uh, sees them as a mild inconvenience. Let's go on to Colorado. You've heard this guy's name before. Colorado Republican incumbent Senator Cory Gardner. He faces a former governor in John Hickenlooper, of course, Hickenlooper being the Democrat. This is going to be extremely close. Uh, Cory Gardner, of course, um, he made news by saying, I don't really want to vote for the Supreme Court justice right now before the election. But then, of course, naturally changed his mind once the smallest amount of political pressure was placed on his back because these people tend not to have very thick spines. Hickenlooper has led in polling against Gardner. His campaign has had to deal with an ethics scandal involving a Colorado panel that found he twice violated rules as governor against giving valuable gifts to officials. The Colorado Senate race is rated as leaning Democrat. Uh, I know a lot of people love John Hickenlooper. Yeah. A lot of people really liked him as governor. Uh, He wasn't... I don't even believe that he was for legalization of marijuana and then it passed and then he was like, all right. And then it all kind of worked out for him. I know someone who worked for him uh, when he was the governor Mm -hmm. of Colorado and maybe it's Stockholm syndrome (laughs) or maybe John Hickenlooper is really a great dude. He like never says anything bad about him to like, he like loves him. And I'm like, are you like, did you guys, what happened? Um, But anyway, so scandal, sex scandal. So there's, you know, a little bit, there's always going to be a little scandal here or there when it comes to scandals, the Hickenlooper scandal in Colorado really doesn't seem to, uh, I don't know, it's not making me go crazy here, specifically when he's going against somebody like Cory Gardner. Colorado, a fascinating, what was, what is the color of Colorado other than sweet green for Nug? Uh, it's like, it's purple. Pur- it's purple. purple. It, it really is a great mix. I love Colorado. Purple, it's like purple and silver. Is what I think of when I think of uh, Colorado. Hey, man, I love those colors. Absolutely. And congratulations. Uh, Well, they're purple and gold, but the uh, L.A. Lakers won the (laughs) NBA championship there. So look out in uh, in Colorado. Senator Cory Gardner and John Hickenlooper looks like Hickenlooper might be able to pick up that seat. Interesting state here. Georgia turning more purple. I'd still say it was a red state. But there are two Senate seats up for election, both currently held by Republicans. The race between incumbent Senator David Perdue. I don't believe in a relation to Purdue Chicken. I think he says that on a regular basis. Georgia has the like funniest names of politicians, like Saxby Chambliss. Ooh, like, yeah. Really? This it. is like the name of a menu item at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all bones? Awesome. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, 
we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. So Senator David Perdue, he's going against Democrat John Ossoff. This has been rated as a toss-up. That race has a potential for a runoff if neither candidate gets 50% in November. The other special election is Senator Kelly Loeffler. She is facing a challenger from her own party in Representative Doug Collins, as well as the Democrat currently leading in the polling, Raphael Warnock. It's unlikely a candidate will receive 50% of the vote required, so a runoff is likely in the cards. That race is considered to be Republican-leaning again by the Cook Political Report. Now, Kelly Loeffler, again, is the the woman who benefited off of the uh, the COVID stuff. She actually, remember, she sold all of her stocks uh, (laughs) as COVID began her and, uh, I forget the other guy. Uh, but she, she is the, she is the woman who was, uh, most famous for profiting off the deaths of, uh, hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, and she also is being, uh, endorsed by a QAnon promoting candidate, Marjorie Green. Hey, all right. Yep, that's correct. Senator Kelly Loeffler, she sold at least $18 million more in stocks <laughs> before the coronavirus crash. And of course, she knew the crash was going to happen. She yeah. was in the intelligence committee meetings. She knew exactly what she was doing. And if that doesn't hurt you politically, I don't know what the hell else will. So yes, $18.7 million in intercontinental exchange stocks in three separate deals. Uh, just, just so freaking pathetic. Absolutely horrible. So it looks like she is in the fight for her political life. And if I was a betting man, and I am, I would say no matter what, she will not be a senator next year. I don't, uh, I don't think she's no going to. No matter hold. what. She's going to hell. She's going to hell. Oh, my God. Iowa, speaking not of hell, speaking of heaven, isn't Iowa beautiful? Iowa is lovely. I actually had a great time I in had Des Moines. A in Des Moines. It's a tiny town. It's a tiny town. Tiny town. But they have a, uh, a Slipknot has a haunted house that yep. they are like a co-chairs of. Can you be a, <laughs> a co-chair of a haunted house? <laughs> yeah, Slipknot can be. <laughs> I love the Slipknot. Why not? Although the music is a little aggressive, isn't it? Senator Joni Ernst is in a close race with Democrat Teresa Greenfield. And I got to say, Travis was telling me about their hot debate they had recently. Sometimes debates actually matter. Sometimes debates are good and like instructive. And the, the debate between these two people, Teresa Greenfield and Joni Ernst, was actually something to behold because like the economic engine of Iowa obviously is agriculture and if you are a of senator course. for that state you have to know the break even price of soybeans you got How to many times do i have to tell you this you do uh, but their their debate was so interesting because the moderator uh you know reasonably 
asks uh, both candidates to give the break-even prices for these agricultural products. That's I like questions that have an answer. Yeah, exactly. There is no like flim flammery. No flim flam. Nope. Uh, but let's listen to this little section of this uh, this otherwise. Ooh, lengthy we're going to hear the sound. Yeah, Ooh, I think this is right. I think this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> as cool as a conversation about corn and soy can I just, be. I just spun my chair around and like sat in it like a, a cool substitute teacher. You're a pretty cool guy. <laughs> um, let's listen to this debate audio. My question is a simple ag question. Teresa Greenfield, you answer first. What's the break-even price for a bushel of corn in Iowa this week? <laughs> well, a bushel of corn is going for about 368 today, right. 369, and break-even really just depends on the amount of debt someone has. I suspect there's farmers that are breaking even at that price. However, if their yields are down 50%, that's certainly not going to cover it for them. Uh, I'll tell you, we've had low commodity prices for too long. They've been going out of business prices. And that's Greenfield. Damn. Who answered that. that was a cool-ass answer. Now, now he's going to ask the same one to uh, Ernst. Senator, break-even price for soybeans for an Iowa farmer to produce. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, I would like to go back to um, previous statement. Um, certainly, with what we have done on trade, we have seen significant strides forward. So the USMCA is a great example of that with our two largest trade partners, Mexico and Canada. So I am thankful this that we are well on our way to correcting the situation mm-hmm. within our trade space. And that was done with a Republican Senate and a Republican in the White House. Well, thank you very much. I, I might have missed it, but I don't think you answered my question. What's the break-even price for soybeans in Iowa? You grew up on a farm. You should know this. Uh, I think you had asked about corn, and I, it depends uh, no, on. I asked her corn. It depends on what field. the inputs are, but probably about five fifty. Well, you're a couple dollars off, I think, here because it's ten oh five. So, well, we'll move on to something else. Then. And well, I uh, and. And well, I don't think Ms. Greenfield answered either. Uh, she actually did with the price of corn. We'd ask for the price of soybeans from you, Senator. You want to take another crack at it? <laughs> no, thank you. You said could the break even for corn is ten fifty. I don't think that's correct. Whoa! <laughs> that would have been for beans. Ron's question was soybeans or maybe to I'm you, not Greenfield, to corn to Ms. Greenfield. Let's go ahead and move on to a completely different subject. Party unity. She was off by $5. Uh, Teresa Greenfield, she knows the price of corn, and obviously that matters to the Iowa voter. We'll see if that works that's out. Like Joni Ernst ben, is... That's like Ben Kissel running for the Bud Light Senate and not knowing... 12 ounces. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, ask me a question. How many ounces are in a 24-ounce 20, uh, Bud Light? Uh, I asked you that, Yes. 25 ounces they give you a free ounce is that true yes they do well, how much Woo! is how much is a a can of bud light by itself to buy yes you're looking at about a dollar dollar fifty really yes indeed I, I i would have failed that i would have totally had like a george bush senior moment i would have been like it's five dollars for <laughs> because i'm sober ben i i'm doing october i've only had three beers so far in october and uh, I'm smoking my sweet herbs, and that's going great. All right, let's move on to Maine. Teresa Greenfield, congratulations. I love that answer. And if I'm in Iowa, I'm looking her away. Because Joni Ernst, she seems like someone, she wants to talk to the manager. And she's kicking you and hitting you. She's hitting the back of your feet as she's rushing through the Walmart. Because she's always got places she's a, to Honestly, go. if I were if I were like an Iowa farmer, I would see Joni Ernst, and I would, I would think, what a sellout. <laughs> 
What a sellout indeed. All right. Well, speaking of ladies, uh, in Maine, we got Susan Collins. You all know Susan Collins. She's been in the news here or there regarding Baby uh, the Kavanaugh. Bitch is back. Baby the Bitch is back. <laughs> she is going against challenger Sarah Gideon. Uh, she poses a serious threat. Now, Collins has held this seat since 1997. Yes. Dang, she's been there for a the minute. The same year that they released the South Park movie. No kidding. Coincidence? Isn't that something? Uh, she's kind of known as a moderate conservative. Of course, I would not say that Maine is a hyper-conservative place. No, they not definitely necessarily. Have, they definitely love their 2A, but I think that those things are not necessarily mutually exclusive. I think you can be a left-leaning person and also be pro-Second Amendment. Looks like this race is going to go down to the finish line. Gideon is using those issues to her benefit, specifically when it comes to what happened with Kavanaugh and when it comes yeah. to um, uh, Collins' support uh, for Donald Trump. Now, yeah. Collins is also sort of getting hit by both sides here because Donald Trump had this to say on Twitter <laughs> regarding her. Yes. This is what he had to say. He says, there is a nasty rumor, which it's not. I, it doesn't, I can't with this mean girl shit. There is a nasty rumor. I read on the girl's bathroom wall uh -oh. that Susan Collins... Oh, my what, God. What did, what did he... She have? gives blowjobs after Jim. Uh, there is a nasty rumor out there that Susan Collins of Maine will not be supporting our great United States Supreme Court nominee. Well, she didn't support health care or my opening up 5,000 square miles of ocean to Maine. Mm -hmm. So why would this be any different? Not worth the work. That's what he had to say. Of course, she did just end up going with him on Kavanaugh, which was oh, yeah. probably the biggest vote he, uh, of her political and Collins, career. And it's still not good enough Collins for that Collins was man. also the person who said that uh, Trump had learned his lesson through mm. the impeachment process uh -huh. and that he should not be impeached. Um, I mean, she, she she's been supporting before this he is it. before he became president. Collins said he was unfit to be president. Yeah, and then immediately after, she kind of like she was bent and broken yeah, by the course. whole thing, and she just ena enabled Trump for the past four years. So Sarah Gideon uh, got a great shot of unseating a person who, in my personal opinion, has been in office for way too freaking long anyway. Term limits on all this shit. Well, in Gideon, she is, um, you know, her resume is that she was the Speaker of the House in Maine, and she uh, pushed Maine to adopt climate legislation and anti-poverty initiatives and rank she's also supportive of ranked choice voting love ranked choice i mean voting. this is a, this is a good person to if we had ranked choice voting i do not believe we would have donald trump as president right also, now it is interesting i uh, i visited portland like maybe a year ago like portland maine uh and it, it is kind of like a a place where young people are moving to it, dude we were there together i loved it oh that's right maine is beautiful yeah did you forget I us forgot all well, about we, our time we together our, we in, go our separate ways in maine. after we work we go our separate ways and we never talk to each other i i, uh, I have a i have a you know a routine whenever i travel i go to visit the local cvs i know what you do <laughs> i know what you do and i price i i price check i know i want to know the difference between a uh, a bud light in portland maine and a bud light in Kennesaw, well, Georgia. Thank, thankfully, because Bud Light uh, is so powerful and so large, they tend to keep the prices very similar across the board, which is why it's America's beer. You say uh, Bud Light is so powerful? It's powerful. <laughs> Anheuser-Busch. Oh, oh, okay. Like as a company. Okay. Yeah, as an entity. Of course it is. No, Portland, Maine, honestly, incredible. Very, we, very 
cool. I, I know love... I've been I've been saying things are cool. Things but are this one cool. is cool. Well, especially because we don't get to see anything anymore, and I miss going to those small, like hidden gem towns, like Portland, Maine. Portland, which Maine is was uh, honestly it was beautiful, and thanks to everyone who came out to our show there last year, it was awesome. Um, all right, let's go to Michigan. Speaking of awesome, we also had a great time in Michigan. We got to stay at a hotel that had a casino, and I won at the game of war. Isn't that something? Yes, I did. I was hanging out with a uh, with our driver. Yes, we both won. They had to shut down the table. We were doing so well in Michigan. This is actually interesting. A Democrat holds the seat right now, but it is possible the state turns red. Incumbent Senator Gary P- Peters faces Republican Army vet John James in what is considered a swing state for the presidential election. Uh, the state is leaning Democrat for the Senate race. John James, African American fellow, he is the Republican. James ran as a Republican nominee to unseat Debbie Stabenow in 2018's midterm elections, falling just short, but gaining enough recognition to lead his party in 2020's Senate race. A recent New York Times slash Siena College poll had James within one point of Peters. So Mm. when it comes to all the early voting that we're seeing, Michigan is having early voting as well. Those numbers are up. We're going to see where Michigan goes. It was a big surprise when Donald Trump won it in 2016. It tends to be part of the blue wall that the Democrats relied on for so many years. Obviously, that wall came crumbling down. But we shall see what happens with Senator Gary Peters uh, going against John James. Well, speaking of wall, uh, somebody who was very supportive of Trump's border wall was Tom Tillis, the Republican Woo! senator out of North Carolina. Oh my and- God, I hate Tom Tillis. <laughs> Tom does not have an H in the name. I, unless you're a Tom <laughs> out there, I do love you if you're a listener. But Tom, it's T-O-M, baby. Yeah. I mean, be be more like Tommy Tuberville and don't put an H in your freaking first name, you, Absolutely. you goober. Um, but uh, Tom Tillis is um, he's he's a he's he's a great guy. So he he actually, is a scumbag. He that was ironic. Ur- he urged to with he urged Trump to withdraw from the Paris Climate Accord because he is not super sure on um, climate change and if it's real or not. Could uh, be a hoax. It could be a hoax. And uh-huh. he was also responsible for a 2013 voter suppression law. Uh, that he helped pass as a speaker of the North Carolina House, but then that and all the that law was later stuff. struck down by a federal judge who called it, uh, who said that the law was uh, it, that it targeted African Americans with almost quote unquote surgical precision. Wow, good for him. <laughs> but so Cal Cunningham is now uh, the Democrat who is trying to unseat Tom Tillis in North Carolina. Yes, he's a former state senator. He's an Iraq War veteran. Uh, apparently, he does have a small sexting scandal, but well, in the world he, of sex scandals and politics, I don't know now, if this was yeah. Bad. So apparently, Cal Cunningham he got a little sexy with one of his, I guess, staffers, Arlene Guzman. Okay, but the texts are—they're not super salacious. They're actually creepily milk toast. What, what is one, say. perhaps? Uh, so let's here's some <laughs> some t- some sex between Cal and Arlene, his staffer. Uh, it, one reads, "Hey, you are historically sexy." <laughs> Every day and every night. Oh, my. Uh, And then Arlene responds to him by saying, "Uh, when can I see you? I want to kiss you. And he responds responds to that Uh with, uh, I kiss back. 
I kiss back a lot. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he kisses back a lot. He, so all of that, it, honestly, it's just nice to hear a consensual, traditional sex scandal. They happen to be married, and but maybe it is it, true love, although she snitched on him, I think. Yeah, so she came out and she said, hey, this is uh, this is going on. And she's married to a veteran. It's, it's all a little bit messy. Well, she has a type. But the thing is, like, it doesn't seem to be hurting Cal Cunningham's, like, chances at winning the Senate seat at all. Um, I, I'm reading this off of the Washington Post. Um, before news of the affair broke, 34% of North Carolina voters viewed Cunningham favorably, and 22% viewed him unfavorably. Huh. After the news broke, his favorability rating dropped to 25%, and his unfavorability rating jumped to 33%. But, at the same time, 51% of the state's voters told this poller that the relationship was an issue for him and his family, and uh, Cunningham's lead over Senator Tom Tillis expanded by three percentage points Damn. among registered voters. Uh, so He's his l- chances actually got better after his sexy scandal, but he, people don't <laughs> like him. And I, I, this, okay. I, this also goes back to this idea that the elections that we're about to see in the next couple weeks... Uh, they're, I think they're more like transactional and pragmatic, and people are going, yeah, we just got to get these horrible people out. We don't really care if you're sending like uh, ridiculously embarrassing texts to one of your staffers as long right. as you get rid of Tom Tillis well, and his horrible H in his his first name. I, I don't mind someone who kisses back a lot as I long as they're back. not kissing the back of someone like Vladimir Putin. Historically sexy. Indeed. That's a good one. That That's one I'm going to I'm going to put that in my pocket. And Cunningham currently up 10 percentage points personally. I've hated Tom Tillis for a very long time and I would love to see regardless of scandal Cal Cunningham win in North Carolina, the great people of that state. Beautiful freaking state. Oh, I yeah. love North, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. And they deserve But one of the, the the thing that I I like about Cunningham, he's he wants to overturn uh Citizens United. Great. He's for that. He's for restoring the Voting Rights Act. Love it. Um, and then he's just he's for uh, policies that would expand access to ballot box. So he's he's anti voter suppression, which seems to be Ooh-wee. like very in. It's very fashionable to get voters not able to vote. Absolutely. Right now, it's it's all the rage. I mean, that, especially that ballot box that the Republicans, the the fake boxes apparently that are and dotting California now. Honestly, if you are on the fence, I'm not sure who would be listening. That's on the fence with with the Tillis there. Um, Citizens United overturning that, if that is possible, would be so good. One of those monumental decisions that even as like a very young person, I realized was destroying America. Absolutely. Montana, the Democrats are looking uh, to uh, the outgoing governor, Steve Bullock, to beat incumbent Republican Senator Steve Daines in in a Trump state. Uh, Trump won by 20 points. Bullock has a recognition as governor, really loved governor as well. Yeah, he's former Democratic governor. Yeah, as a candidate for the Democratic presidential nominee uh, briefly. And Trump's lead in the state has shrunk to a margin of about eight points. The election is billed as a toss up again by the Cook Political Report. Uh, Danes, this is his opponent, Steve Danes. Uh, he led against Bullock in the polls, uh, but they have varied from a New York Times slash Siena poll that had Danes up just one point last month to an early October Emerson poll that saw Danes with nine points 
on his opponents. So we don't know uh, what's going to happen in the very traditionally red Montana. But of course, Bullock has already been elected there. And people did not hate him as governor. Well, it's interesting because so Mon- Montana win. is a is what we would assume, or Montana is a traditionally red state. And but you could see that if you have a politician that has policies that help poor people and help everybody, they're popular. They're actually popular policies. Whereas like Steve Daines, he is. If you don't know the character of this guy, he was one of the people that was super supportive of. Trump uh, doing all of his racist tweets. He said that the yep. the House was full of pro terrorist Democrats. Oh you know, yeah, that typical I shit. That. He also thanked uh, Trump for tear gassing peaceful protesters. He's, he's just like a such a like Trump toady Ugh. awful dude. So it would be amazing to see Steve Bullock, who has a reputation for, um, you know, he's expanded Medicaid in Montana. He prevented the passage of union busting laws. He vetoed two extreme bills that restricted access to abortions. Uh, so it's like night and day who these people are. But hopefully uh, Governor Steve Bullock gets in and kicks Steve Daines out. Absolutely. And of course, speaking of Montana, Barbara Bassett, we had a great chance to interview with her. She's in the House of Representatives out there, Native American woman, and absolutely incredible. That is episode 455 of Abe Lincoln's Top At. Check that out. It's called All Politics Are Local. So Barbara Bassett, uh, if you're doing, I hope you're doing well, and please come on the show again. We love you, Barb. All right. Well, let's go on lastly here. I think the last one should be South Carolina. South Carolina, take your shirt off, whip it around <laughs> your head like a helicopter. I think yeah. they actually did that in North Carolina. Unless, of course, oh, there's you're a bunch right. of different states that they put in that song. No kidding. So, Lindsey Graham, keep your shirt on, please. Although, you know, he <laughs> takes that shirt off and whips it around a whole series of boys' backs. The Republican, known for his support of Donald Trump and current chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Lindsey Graham. You know Lindsey. Everyone knows him. He's a very famous senator. Uh, you could probably get his phone number, although I think he changed it after Donald Trump exposed it. Uh, for the <laughs> World to- Wait, did Trump give out his phone number? Yeah, <laughs> remember that? <laughs> give out his give out his phone number, and then uh, Lindsey Graham had to smash his phone and get a new number. Uh, but of course, Lindsey Graham loves Donald Trump, despite the fact that Donald Trump uh, has said horrible things about his best supposed best friend John McCain. Even when John McCain was still alive, this is a rule that I have: if somebody is extremely mean to one of my best friends. I don't like that person. Yeah, that's, and generally, I my that's best generally how most humans work. Yeah, unless you're a total cuck like Lindsey Graham, who I think, again, his time has run out and he needs to go. He faces uh, a relatively serious contender in Democrat Jamie Harrison. Now, this race, it's it's interesting. According, according to a Quinnipiac University poll in September, they had them tied. Mm-hmm. Uh, the race has also been rated a toss-up now again. Uh, Jamie Harrison, I, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen here in South Carolina. It, it it seems like this might be one of the tougher ones for the Democrat, uh, just because Lindsey Graham has so much uh, when it comes to uh, organization and I when it comes the, to just the overall foundation that yeah. has allowed him to continue to have his power. The best we can hope for, right? Because Jamie Harrison is such a starkly different uh, would be such a starkly different senator than Lindsey Graham. You know, uh, Harrison, his whole platform is like expanding access to health care, enacting paid family and sick leave and um, right. climate resistant infrastructure. Uh, the best we can hope for is that the Lindsey Graham base is so sickened by Lindsey Graham's like just 
sickly, wormy behavior of being like so anti-Trump and then immediately becoming like his dog. Like so above and beyond what he had to be for Donald Trump. I I, I mean, all we can hope is that maybe that depresses his turnout a little bit. I wonder. Uh, But Jamie Harrison, you know, South Carolina is not not typically a Democrat friendly. No, and Trump is still up in South Carolina. I I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. But nonetheless. But he is. uh, Jamie Harrison, I will say he he has like he has, uh, you know, strong friends in the wings. He was the former aide to Jim Clyburn who is really kind of a, a big part of why Huge. Biden uh, got the Democratic nomination anyway. Absolutely. Um, so, and, and also his, Jamie Harrison's campaign has gotten like a weirdly high number of donations. Uh, so maybe, maybe he could squeak, squeak out a win. I really actually don't think it's going to happen, but... Crazier things have happened. Yeah, I lean to agree with you. I don't think it will happen in this case. But it is good to um, see Lindsey Graham's like like to see him sweat even though you don't really want to see him do anything no no of course you want to you want to see him get a little bit of like moisture on the upper lip well definitely supporting jamie harrison against Lindsey freaking graham every every day twice on tuesday which is when the election is so don't do that actually that's fraud um all right everyone we will get to this story regarding voter booths and uh just sort of what's happening with our democratic republic we can talk about that a little bit more uh next week obviously we have all the time but i mean when it comes to the senate you know whatever happens with the general election there, I think we get to look forward to a uh, a bunch of really awful senators being fired. Hopefully, I think so. Hopefully, frickingly, Tom Tillis, you're damn near number one on that list. But it's a tough one. It's tough to call because I also uh, Martha McSally. There's a lot of people out there. It's just so. like a murderer's row of like awful people that need to be fired for Freaking being despicable. Kelly Loeffler. Joni Ernst, these people just got to go. It's time. They had a good run. And, uh, you know, just to just to keep the sanity of this country, we got to uh, shake it up, baby. Shake it up a little bit. All right, shake everyone. Shake. So there you go. Again, the states are just lastly, so you can tell your friends how smart you are. South Carolina. Just if you're at the bar, be like, well, anything can happen in South well, anything Carolina. Anything can happen in South Carolina. You know, you got the old uh, the old Lindsay. Lindsay's slipping. North Carolina. That's another key state. Montana. Very interesting. Michigan. Maine. Iowa. Georgia, Colorado, and Arizona. Those are so check out those states, and of course Alabama. But Alabama, Tuberville's probably. Oh, uh, it's actually they're changing the name of Alabama to Tuberville. I think that makes a lot of sense. Ooh, now I want a hot dog. All <laughs> right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. To, <laughs> you th- don't, because you were thinking of, because you were thinking of Lindsey Graham. No, don't read into it. God damn it. Uh, all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting this show. And I, I just love meeting the fans. And uh, feel free to DM me whatever you want. Um, all right, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Yeah. 
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.